Uh, you here? Yeah, I hear. Yeah, well, well, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, <laughs> I was getting ready to hit something. I forgot I don't have to do anything. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, I'm here. All right. Well, good morning to everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, good morning, good morning. The good rest morning. of the people to sleep. Yeah, half asleep. Y'all wake, yeah. wake up, Dad. Wake up. Wake up, little Susie. Yeah. Wake up. Uh, oh, well, I, I know. I didn't know Miss Susie was a member of this great congregation, <laughs> but that's all right. <laughs> wake up, wake up. Oh, I like to laugh because it, it, you know, it does me good. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's all right. We'll we'll let you laugh. Yeah. Thank you. That's thank you. The, yeah. I want to read something to you this morning, Mama Bell. I found a nice book uh, that uh, is my favorite book. Well, one of my favorite books. Uh, it's a collection of poems that, uh, and uh, I thought I would share one of those poems that I read with you this morning as we uh, get things started. It says, You could draw me a circle for the love of the creator you could point out the stars for the answers to your prayers you could sing about nothing in question record it and play it in vain get your life on track come into the light from the darkness. Discover the hidden secrets. Unveil the unseen. Unravel the mysteries. The truth shall set you free. Do you wish to submit or become arrogant? Do you reject without studying instead of turning? How will it be for you? When to your Lord you return, did you become arrogant? The Lord's knowledge is limitless. The Lord's power is infinite. The Lord's wisdom is eternal. The omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, the name of the Lord. Again, good morning. Good morning. Okay. Till you find individuals who are joined with. I don't know how I lost my dear Mama Bell. The phone just went out, so I'm gonna have to go back and and get her. But I'm going to take a few moments here while I'm finding her. And 
ask you to take a moment of personal time to pray amongst yourselves for whatever you may deem as necessary. Sometimes I think we ask people to tell their business and I realize now why sometimes it's hard for people to do that. So we'll take a quiet moment and then at some point in time, however, my dear granny feels she can jump in and pray for us publicly. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The Lord is the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathens. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Most gracious and all-wise Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you, gracious Father, because of who you are. We thank you, God, that you are with us. We can trust you. We just thank you, God, because you have been there all the time. Oh, God, we thank you for watching over us last night while we slumbered and slept. We thank you woke us up with the blood still running warm in our veins. Oh, God, we just thank you this morning. We praise you and we magnify your name. Oh, gracious Father, we just want to say thank you. We thank you for that love, your love, your love, so great love that you love us with. In spite of it all, God, your mercy, your mercy endure for all generations. And we just praise you this morning. And merciful Father, we just say thank you. Thank you, dear God, for all things. Hear our cries this morning, God. You knows every situation. You knows every problem. And God, we just lift it all up to you and put it in your hands because you told us that you are our refuge. You are a present help in a time of need. That we can trust you in every situation because we know that you are with us. Thank you, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God is with us. And we just praise you this morning. We magnify your name. We just want to give you all the honor, all the glory, all the praises. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. 
I want to uh, do something cause, because of our uh, situations. I'm sure Mama Belle didn't have a chance to get ready because I didn't tell her where she fits. So, Mama Belle, if you can go ahead and get your, yeah, yourself you. yeah, ready to play. I'm going to read uh, or tell you where to go and turn your Bibles. And then we will uh, read it and then meditate on it while Mama Bell is playing. Uh, we're going to go to Lamentations, chapter 2, verse 10 through 13. Lamentations chapter 2 verse 10 through 13 says the elders of daughter Zion sit on the ground in silence they have thrown dust on their heads and put sackcloth on the young women of Jerusalem have bowed their heads to the ground. Verse 11, my eyes are worn out from weeping. I am churning within. My heart is poured out in grief because of the destruction of my dear people, because infants and nursing babies faint in the streets of the city they cry out to their mothers where is the grain and wine as they faint like the wounded in the streets of the city as their lives pours out in the arms of their mothers verse 13 what can I say on your behalf what can I promise to you, daughters of Jerusalem. What can I liken you to so that I may console you, virgin daughter of Zion? For your ruin is as vast as the sea. Who can heal you? We'll talk about that a little bit after Mama Bell plays. Oh, <laughs> 
Lamentations chapter 2 is a very interesting text to me as we talk about Ash Wednesday. Not because it focuses very distinctly on the word Ash, as uh, I must confess, uh, sometimes the preacher laziness is when you have a major holiday, you go through the Bible and you try to find a verse that has inside of its lines the holiday by which you are focusing on. Every preacher has that problem. And to some degree, that is the approach that I begin this journey on if I may take a moment of confession. But then when I had the moment to read it, the text spoke to me because, A, I was puzzled by how it was structured. I don't want to go and start saying the Bible is not written properly. I definitely know many people who will take that position, and I'm sure uh, if I were to join it, it would probably be a great day for some and a very sad day for others. So I'm just going to stay on my fence as it pertains to that piece of this. But I still want to say in some other ways that I was a little, uh, found it a little interesting how it was worded. Then I thought about, well, maybe the Bible is just the accurate way and and society is the inaccurate way. Maybe this piece of business goes against everything that is uh, structurally acceptable as it pertains to life. It begins with the people who are sitting in silence. It's amazing how much our world hates quiet. Everybody wants to talk. Everybody wants to be heard. Everybody has an opinion. And I am not one to try to dismiss people's opinions or their right to be heard, but if everybody's talking, how do you ever hear anything? If every time something happens, somebody is going to start voicing their perspective, how do you ever accomplish anything, especially when nine times out of ten, if you have six people in the room, you have six different opinions? Sitting in silence is, as they say over in Germany, verboten. And then you get to verse 11, where the people start crying. You ever found yourself just in pain? It's like a baby that's screaming out. They have no answers or no way of defending themselves or taking care of things. If they have to go to the bathroom, they... They can't maneuver towards the proper uh, 
tools to help them. So what they got to do is just sit there and pee and poop on themselves. And then once they sit there or once they've completed that action, then they realize that they're laying in that pee and poop. It's resting against their, their tushy, and it's making them uncomfortable. And because they're not capable of talking, they just cry. Sometimes life takes on the form of a baby. When you can get in situations where you are unable to handle it yourself. We all live as it pertains to life in the form of a baby. But the problem with that baby is they try and they try, and I don't know if this is a problem, but just work with me here and maybe we'll figure this out. The baby tries and he tries and he tries to do it on his own. And eventually, according to the life cycle of a child, he will get the opportunity to do it on his own. But the, but the problem with life is it always has a way of one-upping you. When you get to a point where you have mastered one obstacle, life has another one that it throws at you, and it always seemingly keeps you just a step beneath them. And so you find yourself all the time crying. Then there's another piece of business that I thought about. As we have witnessed over the last few days and even into weeks now, these issues overseas, the fight for freedom. I was reading a Facebook post. I very rarely go up there because, you know, that, that, that's one of the places that I just mentioned where nobody is silent. And if you read through nine different posts, these are all of your friends, your family, your neighbors, and you are somewhat forced to deal with everybody's perspective. And so I tend to, stay, tend to stay away just because I, my brain just can't take it. I'm not going to lie to you. But I happened to have been there, and somebody was making a comment or sharing their commentary, and I wanted to make a statement. I wanted to reply, but, but I didn't because, as I said, I knew how that was going to end. So I kept my mouth shut and I moved on. The statement or the post, the commentary was how the people over in Ukraine are suffering and blah. We already know that. We've read the TV or we've seen the TV and read the newspaper. But this person made a statement and said, you know, the difference between the Ukrainian people and the American people is nobody here went to bed last night hungry. Well, I have to disagree with that. Somebody did go to bed hungry. Nobody had to sleep in subway tunnels. Well, I disagree with that. Somebody did have to sleep in a subway tunnel. We all find ourselves struggling 
in some type of way, and we're all screaming out in some type of way. And when something happens and you hear people giving their opinion, I have come to the conclusion that opinion comes from some level of pain. Opinions are crafted out of experience, which mostly is the result of pain. It's our way of crying out. It's our way of being heard. Everybody needs to be heard because everybody is going through something and they can't hold it in. They have cried themselves out. And then we come to the third piece of business here. where most of us find ourselves, and and this is where the argument kind of uh, reaches its boiling point. Because you have the person with the opinion, the person who's crying out, but then the one on the other end is forced to ask the question that nobody wants to hear. What do you want me to do about it? What can I do about it? If I had a magic wand, I would swing it and fix all your problems, but I am just a mere mortal like you. What do you want me to do about it? I have no answers. I can't stop. Egliomaniac authoritarian dictator in Vladimir Putin. I can't stop a vastly same ex president who feels that it's his obligation to do everything he can to support those who hate every ideal that the nation by which he once represents stood for. I can't stop. A bunch of people who feel like there is, it is their moral justice or their only way of survival by supporting this egliomaniac who feels that he controls every aspect of the world and therefore we will hold the whole country hostage just because it makes one person feel good. I can't stop. Even in the party by which I have cast my vote the most. There are members who have ideas and ideals that sometimes don't make sense. But I can't stop them. Even in my own family, I can't change your mind. I can't change your opinion. I can't make you do something. What do you want me to do about it? Who, and this is a very important question, who can heal you? Who can help deliver you from this pain and suffering? Who is the one that is capable 
that has the power, that has the ability to change your situation? Who can fix a Vladimir Putin or a Donald Trump? Who can fix a Republican or a Democratic Party? Who can fix our friends who choose not to be a part of neither nor support any aspect of those parties or what those parties represent? Who can fix? the brokenness of our community systems, our educational systems, our workforce, who can change the hearts and the minds of the 1% that feel like they have a stronghold on the 99? Who can do that? That's where I find myself in my confusion. Because as I said in the beginning, the Bible is written a certain way, but society takes it another way because the Bible took the quiet moment first, but the reality is that society takes the quiet moment last because first you go and you get angry. Then you scream out to your friends and your family. You have to go to your community group. I I must go to church because I'm feeling some type of way. And if I get to church, not because I want to pray, not because I want to spend time worshiping God, but I got to get to my community group, you see. And once I get to my community group, I can sit down and have conversations with my brothers and my sisters in my community group because they can help me out of my I need my friends. But then when I get there and I realize I can talk and I can talk and I can talk, and the more I talk, the more I get worse out, I feel bad, my blood pressure go up, and not only does my blood pressure go up, but I take everybody else's blood pressure up with me. And then we get down to verse 10. After we have done 11, 12, and 13, finally we get to where we should have been in the first place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. When I get down to my original state, And I realize that despite all that I have and all that I am, I'm nothing more than mere dust from the ground. When I get down to my silent place, before the vocal cords was attached to me, before sound exited my body, when I was just a formed Creature laying in the ground. When I get down to that piece, that's when I can realize that my help, who can heal me? The one that created me. Who can solve the problem? The one that was here before the problem began? Who can roll back the struggle of time, the one who preceded and will succeed it? 
And so we use take time on Ash Wednesday, and your journey of the journey now begins towards the celebration of the suffering and the people's redemption. You take a moment and you realize that all that I am and all that I need is summed up in two objectives. Number one, recognizing my creator, and number two, recognizing that I'm not that smart. I'm not that capable. Oh, yes, I've done great things. You've done great things. We've all been able to achieve marvelous things and great exploits. But those marvelous things and great exploits are the result of the Lord's doing. And us mere mortals who have been able to participate in the plan of the creator, and it can look back and see the true reality. This is the Lord's doing. Our playing is the Lord's doing. Our scriptural reading is the Lord's doing. Our teaching and preaching is the Lord's doing. Our workplace Uh, Opportunities is the Lord's doing. The fact that we are 80 and 90 years old and and we survived one of the horrible times in American history, in the world history, talking about COVID. This is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in us. So this morning... I ask that you, as I mentioned earlier, we recognize this time, this journey that we were on, this symbolic journey that heads us into the celebration of the people's, the the Savior's suffering for the people's redemption. As we head into that journey, would you take a moment and go to the garden? Not with your friends not with your family, but go to the garden alone and let him walk with you and let him talk with you and let him tell you you are his own. And the joy that you'll share as you tarry there, none other has ever though, Brother Dennis. Good morning. Let's pray. As we uh, approach this season, as, as we go through this season of preparation for the celebration of the resurrection of uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus, it, you know, it, it, um, it's important that we do, like Eric said, take time, maybe more so than we normally would, to spend time, spend time looking at ourselves, looking at who we are, looking at things in our lives that we may need to change. You know, uh, as we follow Jesus on his journey to the cross and the things that he encounters and the people that happen, uh, circumstances, you know, Peter's denial, uh, Peter's 
trying to defend him with sword and Judas's betrayal on and on and on are we are we that Judas do we betray our Christ think about it are there things in your life that you need to confess and to get rid of are there deep dark corners that need to be cleaned this is a time to do it this is an opportunity for you to cleanse yourself to prepare yourself for the celebration of the resurrection lord we just thank you that we can come together that we can study your word that we can pray together that we can open our minds and our hearts to what you are and what you have done for us we just thank you for that we just ask you continue to bless us watch over us be with those in distress throughout the world you know there are situations and and lord we are hurt bleeds through them. Uh, you know, we don't know exactly how they're doing or what they're going through, Lord, but we know that you were the ones that's in charge. You took us through the pandemic. You can get us through this, Lord. You can get them through this. And we just want to give you all that glory. We just want to thank you again for who you are and that you can cleanse us and that you can save us. Lord, we just thank you. We just bless you. Give you all the glory and the honor in your holy, precious, precious name. Amen and amen. God bless. Thank you.